Hello, I'm Tanya Heller. Thank you for tuning in to Clear Your Messages, where my co-host Wendy Perlin and I interview compelling guests and discuss topics related to effective communication. Today, I'm honored to be speaking with commercial director and photographer Leslie Dector. Leslie Dector's photography challenges us, dares us not to look away as he shines a light on the human condition, the sorrow, the loss, the pain, and the grace. Leslie built a name as a still photographer in South Africa before immigrating to the U.S. and becoming a renowned commercial director. He forged his own unique path with his trademark soulful portraits and his shaky camera technique, which he used in the iconic Levi's 501 commercials he directed. His documentaries, including Elephant Music, Rage in America, and I Am Here, have caught the attention of the film industry and won numerous awards. He has produced hundreds of television commercials, receiving multiple Directors Guild of America nominations and winning Director of the Year twice. More recently, Leslie has devoted time and passion in creating several books of photographs and portraits, including Silent Echo and So Many Dreamers, that I believe speak more powerfully than words and then make us reflect deeply on our humanity. Leslie, thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. Leslie, how did you get started? What inspired you to want to take photographs and to pursue this journey? Did it start at a very young age? I've always been um, interested in the circus. And I, early on, I made a film called Fat Cake, which was the first film I made in South Africa that um, looked at political situation in South Africa. Having done that, I joined the circus. I made a film called uh, We Take Up Prison With Us. Having joined the circus to make the picture, in doing that, I realized that the name We Take Up Prison With Us was incorrect. I was wrong. And I realized that these people were not prisoners. They had the freedom of expressing themselves in the circus. So I remade it, recut it and remade it and called the film, Do You Want the Elephant Music? That's so interesting. How did you get interested in the circus in the first place? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's just always been there, you know. Um, I guess because I'm a clown. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm a clown. That's why I like circus. No, I don't know. I think it was the sense of people being able to express themselves and be who they are. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so it was a uh, platform for them to be. And how did you get that first start? How did you get your first camera? My mother's brother was a filmmaker, and uh, though I was never really that close with him in terms of pictures, I uh, was around me. But I got the camera and I started taking pictures. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. Leslie, tell me about and then you came to the United States. Um, you really built a name for yourself in South Africa, and you came to the United States, and I know you're doing a lot of work in L.A., in Hollywood, and on Skid Row. 
Could you tell us a little bit about that work that you've been doing on Skid Row? Yes. I'll tell you a little bit before that. In terms of in South Africa, I make advertising, both still and film, mm-hmm. commercials. Yeah. And I was always, I spent years and years and years and years doing other people's work. Okay. But it was always important for me to make that advertising film, but inside the work, find the subtext that spoke to the human condition. If I could find that in terms of the designing of the commercial, I would take it on and do it. Otherwise, I would not do it. So I always wanted the work, the commercial, to be a vehicle for me to say something that dealt with who we are. I see that in all your work. Yes, that's, that's what I hoped would be the thing that carried what I was doing. And when I look at any of your photographs, your photographic portraits, I see so much more than a face. It's like I'm looking far beyond that face into a person's life story in some way. In, in this work that I'm doing now, which I think, and thank you to you, I'm going to call Let Me Be, as I dig in to these people's eyes and see the journey across their faces that I think reflects what they've been through, I feel that I'm looking through their eyes and seeing inside of them to see who they are. Can you just tell us a little bit about that work that you are doing for the listeners who may not know? I've done three books now. One being called Silent Echo that uh, shows in wider images people dealing and navigating the condition which they live in. So those images tend to be, I'm seeing environment and where through those images. I then did another body of work, study, called So Many Dreamers, and I see that now those people that came to Hollywood to be and be discovered, ending up not finding their dreams and ultimately finding themselves on Skid Row. Right. And what I discovered in the work was those dreamers, having not found and realized their dreams, were in the more perilous situation in Hollywood, waiting to the people in Skid Row, where ultimately they ended up themselves. But in Skid Row, it's like a community, and people are there for one another. Skid Row is much safer to be homeless on Skid Row than what it is in Hollywood. Hollywood is lonely and sad. Skid Row is that too, but since the community, they're there for one another, and it's a place that is a little bit more comfortable than being alone in Hollywood. It always seems in your work as if you're trying to give a broader message and raise awareness 
Is that what you're doing through your art and photography? Do you want to raise awareness of this issue in the broader public, the issue of homelessness? I simply, through all the work, both on Skid Row and in Hollywood, I want to document now what is for tomorrow. So in years to come, people will see what was. When you photograph someone or take a shot of someone to depict the human condition, what do you look for? What do you want to capture? I capture, I think, the noise of silence. Yes. I capture the noise of silence. I think that the sound of silence is something to try and hear which seems not to be done. We have so much noise around us that we don't stop to properly listen. Yeah. No one stops. No one stops. Your images are so powerful, and I often feel that these images speak more powerfully than we can with words. Have you always felt that you can communicate better through your photography and through film? Do you think that's part of what draws you to this field? I'm not, I'm not sure what and why, but I, I love what and why. I think that uh, if I knew what why was, life for me would not be as interesting. Ah. I love the journey. And if you've got the answer, why look? Right, right. It's continuously exciting, you're yeah, exploring. You know what it's about, why spend the time? searching, because that's a hell of a journey. What would you say is the most has been the most meaningful part of this journey for you? What do you enjoy most? Not knowing. The continuous discovery? Yes, yes. And as you head out with your camera, do you find that often the best shots are things you that were unexpected, or do you plan in advance? We plan nothing. That's interesting. Plan nothing. That leads us open to, to experience more, I think. I always talk about when I travel overseas, I don't like anything too planned because then we miss out on something that could present itself that could be wonderful. Yeah, that's right. I find, I feel in that moment, in that moment, in that split second that I expose the frame. I question whether that person is aware of me and is that person surrendering to me or is that person surrendering to themselves? And that's what I'm holding in that moment. Are they surrendering to me and my camera or are they surrendering internally to themselves? And Leslie, by the by saying, are they surrendering to you? Do you mean are they allowing you in to their yes. world? Yes. Right. Yes. That's so interesting because I can imagine not everyone would allow that. Often don't. What's the biggest challenge in doing this work? Because it sounds as if it could be risky at times. It is that. Sure, so it is that. Bigger than that is the guilt. Really? I, yes, guilt I feel in that 
having stepped so deep inside to the person and people, am I stealing or not? What am I taking from you? I don't know. So I carry that kind of guilt. And is that balanced at times with thinking about um, the greater good, portraying this so people have that awareness? I think that the, if there is going to be any plus to what I'm doing now, it's going to be tomorrow and years to come that people will see what was. Otherwise, it be gone. To document mm-hmm. history, really. Yeah, totally. Leslie, could you tell us a little bit about your transition to commercial directing? How did that happen? Mm. There was no transition. I mean, commercials happened early on in my career. I was very young, and I made advertising, an advertising film, and yada, 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 yada. I have stopped that for the ten last 10 years, or even more. People ask me to make commercials, but I won't do that no more. You know, and it's not what I do. So... Looking back, which commercial were you most proud of? I would think the body of work that I did for Levi's, probably, which documented a kind of a culture, youthful culture in America. And I spent seven years doing that. Really? Yeah. And uh, probably that work was the most uh, important work that I did. I mean, I think most people have heard of those Levi's 501 commercials, and I still go back to them to look at it. It still is amazing today. Mm -hmm. Tessie, how has your technique changed over the years, if at all? How has it evolved? The physicality of my making pictures has always been the same. What has changed is how I see what I see and what I want the picture to talk to. That has changed. But the, the camera, it's just two things. There's a camera, there's two hands, and there's my one eye. But for some reason, in spite of having that camera and the two hands and eyes, not everyone can do what you do. So. Well, that's, that's, neither, that's neither or, you know. <laughs> and as you said, you were doing other people's work in the beginning. It was their projects, and now you choose. Well, what I, always took, I always took other people's work as a vehicle for me to go and frame up the subtext that I could inject into the work. So I used them just as a, a vehicle. In. You always put in that on your own subtext. Hmm, yeah. If I couldn't find a subtext or weave some voice into the work, I wouldn't do it. So I think that if there's any accolade to go to anyone in that work that I was doing, it would be the clients that were brave enough to allow me to do what I did for them. So they should be the people thanked for all of that stuff I did. And they trusted you and your vision. Yeah. Mm. Is there someone, you said your technique hasn't changed that much, but is there someone that you've looked up to or who has influenced your work in any way? Probably early on, Dorothea Lang. Mm -hmm. 
Dorothy Lang, who was doing all the work documenting the dust bubbles and the depression. Sure. She was the one person that uh, whose work studied and influenced me. And uh, she had polio, Dorothy Lang, and her work was very influenced by the body language and gesture of people's bodies. And I think she found that in her work through her own being challenged as she was with her polio. That's so important to us on this podcast, communicating in different ways through body language as well, as well as with words. So it's interesting you say that. She did. And I think that my work is very governed by the gesture of people and the gesture of silence and uh, the gesture of pain reflected in people's faces. And it shows in all your books, I think. Yes, yes, it does. It does. You know, art can be so powerful in conveying a message that many medical schools are now incorporating art classes for their medical students. Mm, exactly. to ob- yeah, to observe and interpret and analyze art. And, and they have found that those medical students become better observers and better communication. And we're hoping that they'll become better doctors as well. Because there's mm-hmm. so much you can read into art and pictures. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Leslie, what advice would you have for someone going into the field? Is there any advice you could give someone? You mean into picture making? Yes. Mm. This is harsh. Unless you've got something to say. Say it with your mouth or pick up a camera and say it. So if you want to take pictures, be sure there's, there's something to communicate. I think that's excellent advice. And not just pictures. It's not just pictures. Yes. It has so much more meaning. And I can see that it has so much more meaning to you than just being a picture. Yeah, a picture in the picture. Yes. You know? the sound in the silence that I say again. That's wonderful. Leslie, it's been an honor having you on our podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and insights to our listeners. Thank you for tuning in to clear your messages. My pleasure. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. 